1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwan's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwan's.com backslash yum for details. They
2: could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Chelsea it's Carvalho to his right Lampard for the
3: title Lampard it's 2-0 it's Chelsea's championship and 50 years of waiting have come to an end
2: Lampard comes out to Essien
3: oh my goodness it. it's a counter it. attack it. His Didier Gea and now in the middle
2: tropper goes he it, it strict it. it mixed it the it, Chelsea it, 2, Arsenal yeah. you. and Didier JDA
3: drop it in the center. The just came to the money. I'm going to the i going to get money. i the money. I'm going to the money. i to the money. I'm going to get the money. I'm going to get the money.
2: I'm going to get i I'm as possibly bleak as this. Dripper!
4: Welcome again to Chessy Hour. Another week, another batch of things to discuss. Season done, regular season done. All we've got left is the small, small, small issue of a cup final, London derby at Wembley. Probably the quietest one to ever happen, but that doesn't make it any less of a, a big occasion for us. This week, it's myself, Yasin James, with me, what's going on, mate? You good?
3: Can't complain, man. Finally, relief, man. Relief, after all. Relief, that after is the word. Restful. That is the word. Relief, that's the only thing I could really, to put, the, yeah, my feeling, relief. But yeah,
4: good. I feel like a, a combination of the amount of games and the tension of every game made me age about nine years in the last six weeks.
3: Ugh, man, it's been stress, absolute stress. Uh, Joe tweets,
4: Sky, and on unknown tweeds.
1: Yeah, good man. Um, nah, never, never worried. The prediction came true. Yeah, Top yeah, four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been stressed. Won't lie, the past couple of weeks, just watching the games in silence, just in my flat. Just like I'm not talking to anyone. If I say something, it's going to alter time, and something's going to happen. Just watching the game, quiet silence. Yeah, but I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with with how it's finished.
4: Uh, apparently, uh, Jermaine's at the door, so I don't know. Mids, can you let him in?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, what? He wants to jump. Okay, Jay. What? I'm Jermaine. What? What? Jay yeah, just jumped on, no problem. What's yeah, problem. Yes, Jermaine. Look what? What's happening, man? Look at the relief on his face.
4: <laughs> Look at this. That's... See what we talked about, the stresses of it. That's. What's <laughs> going? And, and, and Palumi, Pels. Oh, sorry, Pels, Pels. Listen, Pels, you were getting at me a little bit for the Avi. The only thing I was thinking is... I think you are every bit a tracksuit manager. That's cool. I have never really put you down as a beard man to have that in your locker.
2: Is that...? Is that a...? Just for, like... This is obviously, like, a projection. Okay. It's, it's a 35-year-old Okay. Pearls, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. obviously... I'm not sure what my dad's hairline was like, but I've just resigned to, you know, just cutting all off. Okay. And then obviously, you know, we've got a bit of a chin strap going on currently, so... Okay, okay. So what's the going. plan
4: there? Is there... How are we going to get to... How are so we gonna get some, There's some
2: beard be... oils coming in, so... Hey. Okay. how about you focus on yourself? I'll
4: just say nothing.
2: Because you waited for that. I
0: like it, though. I rate it. it I
4: just... Do uh, you know, I was, I was thinking, should I ask, should I ask? Yeah, It has to, to get you it off. <laughs> had to get you off. <laughs> It's okay. So nine. All right, as you might be able to see behind me, anyone locked into YouTube, um, we're at a very glitzy Cheshire alternative end of season awards. Um, all the lads have been voting, we've we put some stuff out there. Um I'm not gonna lie to anyone listening and to all the boys in the room, I am sick to death of well, I think Mount was player of the year. No, I think Kovacic is player of the year. Or well, maybe Prilicic was player of the year. Is actually doing my head in. It's the driest discussion I've ever heard. So I'm hoping we can we can review our season in our own little way. Um, I've made some questions that were purposely a little bit open, whether you pick a player, whether you pick a team, anything like that. And so, um, so it's, it's, some, it's some good stuff in there. I'm looking forward to it. The best thing about putting these questions out, Pels, I know you wanted a bit more uh, regimented instruction. But the best thing about putting these questions out is I've got people's personality in the answers, Mm boys. And I'm going to tell you how, okay? Dan gave the most cynical answer for one to watch I've ever heard in my life. We'll get to that.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: Not a happy boy. Joe sent me about nine paragraphs because he's thorough. Everyone's laughing. <laughs> Meads is the man who likes the finer things. <laughs> oh. And is the only one who made biggest flicks about him being right about something. That's come cool. from. Wow. And Pels, because he just bloody loves academy football. Couldn't bring himself to answer the academy question because they're all his children.
2: Top of the line. That's that's what we do. That's
4: yeah, that's it. And obviously, I think age-wise, like, don't want to bump into anyone. Yeah, out in stimular, you know, there's and, a few yeah.
2: circles, you know. I'm just I trying. hear that. I hear that. So can can't knock it. Can you? So we'll get to, we'll get to that one.
4: We'll get to that one. Um, listen, that's what we're gonna do. Alternative end season awards. Let's get straight into it. We explain the rules of how this is gonna work. Everybody has had a vote. That vote has become a nomination. If those nominations have meant a majority, that is the winner. We will discuss that winner. If in the event of a draw, a tie, an equal number of nominations, there might have to be a bit of a democracy, but I have the deciding vote. And I can be swayed either way, but we'll see how that goes of who comes away with the Chessie Award. Number one, award for the biggest flex of the season and the nominees are being banned but still somehow signing Christian Pulisic and Mateo Kovacic on a perm good flex good flex I'm always a bit when people mention uh, you know banned last summer nomination number two for a transfer ban to end up the best thing that's happened to Chelsea Football Club in about 10 years Nomination number three, Reese James going up for a header against Burns and dislocating his shoulder. Flex. Flex is an interesting one. That's more of a, a soap, but you know, not what I had in mind. Meads being right about Keppa all along is is another nomination. That's a fun and Frank doing the double against Jose is another nomination. Now,
2: the words were, slapping Jose's head twice, by the way.
4: Slapping Jose's head twice. Right. Now, Joe, I'm going to let you kick this one off in terms of the transfer ban being the best thing to happen to us in, in very recent recent times.
1: Yeah, so for me, the flex was, first of all, losing the, the best player we've had like over the past 10 years, maybe... Um, the player that the entire club team have been built around every single title win inside, um, you know, the, probably one of the, the best players in Chelsea's history, to then have a, a transfer ban and going back and looking at all of the pundits. I, I don't care if Chelsea fans predict that we won't do well, but when when pundits do it, for me, it's a little bit different. Seeing all of these predictions where I think three people in the BBC uh, of like the 15, 20 people they interviewed had us in the top four. To and two of them for- played for us. And two of them were massively biased <laughs> because they were ex-Chelsea. So really one person, like one neutral person, said that we'd finished top four. To go from that to have all of this young, you know, this young kind of core emerge, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Rhys James, all these guys emerge. Um, and then it sort of come to this end of season, being able to sign Zajic, jumping in front of Liverpool to get Timo Werner, potentially getting Kai Havertz. You know, the flex of me is we're probably the only club that could have turned that situation into maybe the strongest hand we've had on the, on the table for, for five, six, seven years. And that, 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 that for me, that's, that's the biggest flex, coming out of this on top.
4: Big flex. Jermaine, do you want to explain what a wronging you are for that Reese James vote, or like, what is that?
0: Listen, I just remember seeing it happen and thinking, bruv, this guy's a you," I and mean, my man's fucking dislocating big guys' shoulders I like you. <laughs> like, I just thought to myself, if there was ever a flex, my man Reese James dislocating man's shoulder in a 50-50 as something else comes. I just, I couldn't believe it, fam. I was just thinking, this dude's like 19 years old and he's gone up for a 50-50 and fucking got some guy coming off the pitch with a dislocated shoulder.
4: Welcome um, to the Premier League.
3: Man, that, was so yeah. that was so good because Ashley Barnes, I flipping hate him as well. I yeah hate him as a player. He's very dirty. So that one it was perfect for me. I, I can't lie. When I saw it, I am like, yeah. That's what I like. I liked a bit of that stuff.
4: As 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 you're there, means do you wanna do you wanna just get on the get on the Kepa thing once more with one more flex?
3: Uh, well <laughs> So unfortunately I didn't wanna be right about Kepa. But you know I you I had I, to I, do I it, bro. You just flex. had yeah, to do it. That's my biggest flex because for a number of months now, people have been backing Kepa, they're saying, Oh he'll come good, they'll say, Oh, Last season was a great season for him. Like, he'll get back to that level. But when we signed Kepa, because I did my due diligence, because again, I'm not going to put my name behind someone if I don't really rate you like that. And then uh, I did my reading. Um, shout out to Statsbomb, because they had an in-depth article and analysis about him. And they were saying, right, this guy's a very mediocre youth. So I looked at it, watched a couple games. I'm like, no, it was not. how. I was shook, shook. I proper said, to Dan, I said to Dan, oh look, we're gonna be in big trouble here. This is gonna be a bad signing. It's gonna be a bad, bad signing. And then our first game against Arsenal, I think he had a shot against Mikatarian. Bottom corner. What? You got a hand to it, full <laughs> hand to it. Flush. What? I, it was like, what? And I tweeted, as soon as I saw it, I said, This Kepa you is sus. Lo and behold, two years later, here we are. And we know what the vibe is. Yeah. Here, here we are.
4: It. But I do have to say, probably the first thing me and Pelumi have agreed on in, in, a, in a fair while. Mm-hmm. Our two nominations get Lampard patting Jose's head twice at the double oh, this I season to be, to be the biggest flex. I think
3: that's the biggest. I can't lie. Uh, that's definitely... That's the do you want to know what makes us... Pels, 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 what was, what was it that brought you
4: to saying slapping his head twice?
2: It <laughs> is. I love Jose, like, with a like a large part of my body. I'm not joking. Like, it's more than my heart. Like maybe the whole left side, do you know what I'm saying? But the right <laughs> side, yeah, the right side was so angry when he was talking up stuff in the Man Night presser about how he's happy. And I just thought, this is just a repeat of the lies like he told Man. do you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt it in my heart.
4: Close, and then he, what, and then he close, had close, the cheek... what
2: age were you when Jose Day joined? Um, oh, no, I was young, like six, seven. So that's so I did, why so, I think these lies might have hit deeper. Yeah, so so when when he come back, like the 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 return, the happy one. When he said he's a happy one, and that I was just gassed, like mind blowing. Do you get what I'm saying? Obviously now he's shown his true colors. I've learned what Jose like. So um, the the digs about defensive football under Conte, all that little stuff. You know, we don't really get him back. We haven't got him back yet, but you know, Lamps did it. Lamps did it. It was. Just, it was okay, fantastic. I mean
4: that's some stuff we should probably talk about like privately but you yeah, know yeah. just make sure everything's cool there but I'm with you I'm, <laughs> I'm with you the one the one that wound me up for him and I was happy for Lampard is uh, Jose I think it was the United 4-0 he sat there in his chair unemployed Yeah. yeah and yeah. he's saying you need principles. Yeah. you need principle of play and I was like bruv like you're on JSA <laughs> right now and you're chatting rude about a guy who you shared all this time with and all these moments with, who Lampard would have seen this guy as a demigod thinking of how he came in in 2005. So I just loved... And, and also, it wasn't, they weren't grabs. They were both strong, strong performances. Two of the best of our year.
3: Yeah. The worst thing about that is that like, I don't think Lampard would have ever expected that from Jose. Like, especially considering that he didn't have a job. It's not like he's a competitor at this moment in time. He should be, like, putting an arm around him after that performance, because we weren't a bad performance because United, we made critical errors, but,
4: yeah, Lam- his... his comp- the other thing is, I remember when me when Jose was here, he, uh, he made a point about he'll be a Chelsea pundit because Liverpool and United have all the pundits. Damn. So he, well, then you sit there and you just shit
3: on a man, because, why are you being a prick? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, nah, nah, like, I was praying for the day he came back into management. Just I I wanted Lampard to do it, and especially what compounded it was the little spat between him and Jose, um him and Jody. Oh. I just oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And, and
4: uh, shout off. out Jody. He hasn't he hasn't been as uh, frequent on the old social media since. Uh, probably wise to keep that on the low. Shout all right, so first award done. Biggest flex of the season goes to Frankie Lampard for slapping Jose on the head. Not once, but twice. I'm tight, Frank. On to award number two. We're going straight to the other end. Biggest L. And the nominees are, this is going to hurt to even read out. Getting slapped up by Manchester United three times. Not twice, but three times. Having a transfer ban reversed. Getting excited for January. Ah, And then not strengthening. Getting the double done over us by West Ham United, who I believe have averaged about a point a game under David Moyes, <laughs> as they did under Pellegrini. Another nominee is 12 losses this season, which is more than Spurs, Arsenal, United and Wolves. No, think.
3: I completely didn't get the context of this whole questionnaire, by the way.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Meters' vote was, thought Christensen was good. He isn't, basically. basically. It's, it's, it's the Kepper thing in reverse, but hang tight, uh, the, the admitting. I don't
3: know how to this, but yeah.
4: And the last, the last nominee we I'm leaning to, if I'm honest, uh, is.
2: When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, but hospital-grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need
1: one? We have a few extras.
2: At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the DC area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part.
4: Despite all of the positive steps, just getting slappings on slappings in Europe and schoolings and showing that we still might be a little way off. So, boy. We've got one nominee each for all of these things. I'm here to be convinced.
3: Um, I'll, I'll probably decline mine already from the just straight <laughs> off the bat. I probably would vote. Yeah, I'll. I'll you know, what, I'll vote. Um, just being schooled because it just felt quite amateur at that time. Like throughout the season, there were times where you feel oh, we'll eventually learn from this because we've got a young coach, a young, a youngish team. But it's just not what I'm used to. So I, I took those losses a lot harder than the, the batterings. You know what I mean? But the ones where you're actually getting proper played off, the popped off the pitch. I mean, the Bayern Munich game, I'll never forget it because it was just so vicious. I mean, the mat, ugh, yeah, those ones for me, yeah, I, I think I'm leaning towards that. I think for me, that that's my, that is my goal.
4: Jermaine, throwing it to you, why is a West Ham double... Worse than getting slapped up in the Champions League,
0: because then things there don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> them things there don't happen. West Ham double. What is that? Yeah. And both games as well. The first one, they were coming into the game in some shocking form. I think I don't even think they'd won a game or some shit. And then they come and slap us like that convincingly as well. Like it was just embarrassing. And then the second game, we're on a run of form. We come up to West Ham now. We go in front. We go in front. Don't forget we were winning that game, and then lo and behold, we lose the game 3-2. At key
4: time as well. At battle.
0: key time, that's what I'm trying to say. Right. So the thing is with 12 with the 12 losses, they're scattered across the across the whole, you know, like um season. So you've got losses, but you wins, draws, whatever. Um, we were inconsistent. So I don't really take that as like the biggest L because of the quality of the squad, all it's all this kind of stuff. But like and even with Europe as well, like Bayern Munich slapping us 3-0, compare their team to our team, there's like, come on, man. Like, if, you, if, you, if you thought we were going to win that game, realistically, you're kind of buzzing at the time, isn't it? Because they got better players than us, clearly. Like Lewandowski and the man there, there's just no comparison. We got Tammy, they got um, Lewandowski. Nabry. Why you
4: got to bring up my guy for, bruv?
0: Bro, it's just, it's, it's the facts though, isn't it? Like, at the end of the day, I don't really see that as an L. But when we're losing to teams like West Ham... Who we do not lose twice in a season to, bruv. We don't do that. West Ham of all teams, we do not do that, and we've done it this season. And it's like just have happened, bruv. So I just
4: and these, these are the these are the two I'm most drawn to here. I need to decide on a winner. Mm-hmm. Having heard both sides now, um, Auntie Weeds, uh, should we really be as worried about a humbling in Europe at, in at this season as much as a slapping and a Bottle job against minnows.
1: No, I think I'm leaning towards domains. I think context of where we are, and it's not just West Ham. If you extend it to like Bournemouth, you know, I mean, one of the benefits of them going down is that we don't start off on minus six points next season. Wow. You know, it's that. That for me is is probably key. And yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I was disappointed with how far. I mean, we're thirty points behind Liverpool. Um, and we're miles off by Munich standard. So. For me, that was kind of more of just a reflection of the season. But I think if you're looking at actual other moments, the West Ham game probably, probably takes it.
4: Especially that second one.
1: And yeah, those... second one was just <laughs> dreadful.
4: Yeah. All right, boom. Second award won. Congratulations to West Ham for depressing us twice, not once, but <laughs> twice this season. Biggest L is the disaster classes against the Hammers. And yeah, boy. I ain't even going to lie. Next award is so selfish for us. Listeners, you're going to get bored because we're just going to love each other up right now. It's been a long season, not just for everyone, but for the cast, bro. So The next award is the cast members, cast member of the year. Right, We've all grinded with these podcasts. We put a lot into them. We enjoy them as much as... Everybody listening hopefully does as well. But a lot of work goes into these things, so I just thought it would be a cool little one to just get people saying who they think has really, really contributed and the nominees are. What the fuck? Why am I not there, bro? <laughs> oh, okay. All right, say nothing. So I just, you know, it's cool. Just put together this award, isn't it? but uh, The nominees are Dan, Sof, The Film Room, The sofa, the soft light. (laughs) Joe Tweeds, the spreadsheet sniper, the amortization animal. (laughs) And Jermaine, the left winged lighty himself.
0: tech tech Techoslovakian. You make me sound like I should be playing for Bournemouth, (laughs) The left wing lighting. Down there with King, Wilson,
4: <laughs> and all of them, man. And the winner is, and it's not even close, it's not that close. And this is why I had to get you on the pod tonight, bro, so you can hear your flowers. Yes, Jermaine. Man, like Jermaine. What a journey, Jermaine. Um, it's
0: a, man appreciates it still, man can't lie.
4: I think it's, I'll let everyone else speak on why. I think it's it's good to do them things, you know, men telling each other and all that. But I won't lie, I, I was on the early episodes of the pod. I bounced off for a little bit. I had to handle some stuff. I came back, there was this guy. <laughs> just, just sat, sat in my chair. <laughs> Who's this? Uh, and yeah, man, you smashed it. The passion's there. The agendas are there. Pulisic back a number one. And it's been a massive part of it. Mr. Everpresent, Jermaine has Piliqueta. Yeah, but yeah, boys, I know you've got a
3: couple of votes, so anyone want to shout out Jermaine? I'll say, uh, look, okay, so for me, I think what will definitely swing it for anyone that knows Jay, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, on a pod, um, and his missus was getting contractions live yes. after the recording. <laughs> so, And his commitment to finish his point, he didn't even say, boys, i got to go. He said, he started panicking, then finished his entire point, his entire rant, took a good five minutes. And then said, yeah, <laughs> he kept it so professional and calm, but in the midst of a madness. So, yeah, fully the That
0: was crazy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I second that. And I think, uh, you know, Jermaine graduated from the academy earlier on in the season. I think we, we like a good youth story. So from the academy to, uh, yeah, first team, a bit like j t stepping up coming in main main man key player, but i yeah. no, I just for me it was just the consistency, I think Jay's always on um and yeah i love I love the passion that he brings to the pod, so it's always good to hear him, especially when he uh he gets to back Pulisic or anyone that he's been backing from early yeah. when that comes back into play, and the, the face that he's doing now
0: in your yeah, pool you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just enjoy bro I, I can't lie i just enjoy being on the pod in it like it's the first time i've been like ever done a podcast or whatever so um like to to be a part of the podcast and all that is sick and i think obviously for the future and that as well i feel like the future of the pod just touchline in general i think there's like way more to come in in terms of um like what, what, what we're going to do in the future and that. So, yeah, man, it's, it's been sick, bro. Like, it's not even a problem to be on this podcast. Like, the more time I'm looking forward to it. It's probably one of the things I look forward to in the week and that. So, uh, yeah, 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 man. Proper, proper appreciate that 100%. I'm
4: glad I did this award now because we ain't going to get an acceptance speech for any of the other ones, to be, to be honest. <laughs> so, so, cheers for that. That's really authenticated uh, the evening. So, love for that. Uh, next award, moving on to. The Diego Costa Award. Now, this is awarded to individuals who show the spirit of Diego uh, at Stanford Bridge, which has been lacking a little bit as well, so it's nice to see glimpses of it, right? And that can be interpreted a few ways. It can be, I don't know, maybe just being humour, being standing up to be counted, a little bit of aggression, a little bit of nastiness, which we maybe miss. And the nominees are... Jorginho... <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for
3: that. <laughs> yeah.
4: So, now I, I asked for clarification on this one. And I got told that, you know what? For a team that don't really have many on-pitch vocal leaders and lack a bit of bite, it's nice to see someone try and, you know, fight above their, their size a little bit, a little bit of verbals, a little bit of nastiness here and there. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, no tactical fouls, no dragon man, bad shorts, none of that, you know, on counter-attacks.
4: Well he has to that. get there first, didn't he? But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, all right, all right, Pels. So that's that wasn't your nomination. No worries, mate. Some people are just trying to have a good time and But uh next one up. Kepa for pissing everyone off is the justification given there, except for the opposition. So I don't know about spirit of the Diego, but he's 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 definitely got people talking anyway. Mason Mount for telling Granduzzi to get your fucking haircut. Strong what? nomination there. What? What? Strong the- nomination there. That's, you know you know who you know you know who nominated that for that detail. That's the spreadsheet. Um, uh, that's, a definite,
3: that's a that's a that's a joke. <laughs> uh,
4: next up, Zuma. For leaving one in on Troy Deeney where he proper didn't have to. like it was nasty. And then final nomination is Lampard versus Klopp. In the moment. Heat in the moment. I'm not talking to you. Won one fucking title and you're moving, giving it the big one. Fuck off. Yeah. Again, these are spreads. So, I'm, I'm here to be convinced. I'm assuming Kepa and Jorginho aren't going to win this one.
3: Nah, it has to be frank. It has to be frank. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, what makes it even sweeter, yeah, is because I think even before before well, the game started again, we were like, oh, because we knew what it was like in Germany. So you can hear everything. You can hear all the players and that. But we don't, we don't really speak German, so we are not really understand their swearing. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be great. If we're going to have, no, like, have no fans, imagine the swear words. Imagine the swearing. Imagine the anger. Yeah, so I was expecting from the players, but to hear from Frank, oh, delicious, actually delicious as well. And he's so right, he's so right, because the Liverpool lot were getting too big for their boots. So, he, yeah, that, that's big shithouse for you, I like that.
2: Me, oh, it's, it's, that me like away a...
3: Away from it, is an L, we lost, we got slapped.
2: That's bro, is it. like, like it. a nine-year-old. You know I'm excited to hear, like, some, yeah. some like, X-rated, like, 18-16 oh. condemn.
3: Yeah. Man's, yeah, man's yeah, gassed I'll- over sweat. No. Of
2: course, of course,
3: of course. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because you, you know what it is, this whole idea, this whole notion that footballers are role models and that is it's bollocks, it's not true, it's not true, they're human beings like everyone else, so you get to see a little bit of realism um, and recognising that these people are actually humans too, and that's what Frank Lampard did after the, the press conference the day after, He's like, well, yeah, I got a bit passionate. He didn't really apologize. He's like, sorry, but I'm not That sorry. was the
4: thing I loved about it, man. Yeah. Like, so like you, you don't have to apologize. He, yeah. Obviously, he had to do the obligatory. Could use better language? Area, yeah, I got daughters. Yeah, yeah, cool. But I'm not sorry. I showed passion. What? It's basically <laughs> what he said.
3: He said, sorry, but not sorry. Yeah. So I, I like that. Uh, you get an element of realness, which I, I appreciate it still.
0: I appreciate that Yeah, but, you know, yeah no, I go, I go with that as well. Still, I think you have to, you have to remind them, man. They still. <laughs> Because Lampard, Lampard, yeah, he's not no little boy as well, you know, bro? like Lampard's a big boy in this thing, you know. So you yeah, have my mind like, you chat to Lamps, bro. Even though you won the league, you have to relax over there. You understand? We're coming soon. Just relax. Try win it again, back to back, and then you can start talking, talking a lot. Bro. But I'll go with the Lamps thing as well, still.
4: Another winner, another winner. Frank Ooh. Lampard wins the Diego Costa Award. Big win. Big W. Yeah. Dub. Next award. The Rob Green Award. <laughs> for the best Cheshire cameo of the season. So again, another one off the pitch. Nominations are Marvin, Babs, and Pablo Blackwood. And the winner is...
0: Uh, cool. and the
4: winner is... I think, did, Joe, did you just make a noise because you realised you should have nominated someone else?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the yeah. So switch, switch my vote to the last name and then, then recalculate yeah, I, same, Oh, same. this is yeah. a moonlight.
4: Everyone's gone
1: wrong, everything up. It was, it was up. quite hot enough. It was the cold ball that I made you to pick up. You needed up. more
2: clarity on that one, bro. You can't uh, just...
4: Uh, you lot, OK, I'd be two name votes name. If, if people did not know the question. You lot made your choices. Babs was harder on the pod, but you lot preferred some banter about the, the realness.
0: I forgot. I forgot about um, Pablo. Still, all right. I
4: think. I think. Okay. Moonlight, La La Land. We'll swap the envelope. Hang <laughs> tight, Pabs. Pabs. I know. Started listening to the pod since that and everything. Um. So those who have aren't aware of that. Uh, Pabs. By the way, very close second. Mad. Mad nominations in there. Well done, Pabs. Hang tight, Pablo. Uh, Pabs came on the pod a few weeks ago. Uh, on the day of actually, like all of this news breaking about sort of historic youth. Uh, teams suffering and players suffering from racism, Chelsea in the late 80s, early 90s, under um, Quinn Williams and other coaches. Um, and yeah, Pabs came on, was really, really open, really, really candid with his experiences, gave us some real food for thought. Um, yeah, and
2: it was. It was-
4: it was it was really I would like it was love for him to open up to me like that as well and let me in and have, have a chat with him. Um, is a guy I've known for a long time, I respect very much. So what we'll probably do is for anyone who's later on listening and they're sort of a new listener, so we'll put a little link to that interview below this in the pod because I think it was a really poignant one and probably one of the best people we've had on the pod. So, anti pubs Um, pubs loves awards. Pablo loves awards. So he'll be gassed about that even if there's no medal or trophy or nothing. But yeah, anti Pat. though. Discord legend, right?
1: He was good. He was really good when he was on. Yeah. Discord legend,
4: strong on the pod. He just, yeah, yeah. It was just a close run thing. Close run thing. Blame Joe for changing his vote. Anyway, (laughs) top up best opposition faced this season. Um, So this was open to team or player, but everyone's gone team. Um, So the nominations are Manchester United. Mm. Mm-hmm. like I know, yeah, okay, it was three defeats and that, but they were cack in oh, the sure. majority of the time. But okay. Manchester United their nomination is democracy out here. Tottenham. Pels, do you wanna do you wanna have a word? Like what are you on there? Yeah, no, it's just fun to beat them twice. That was it. That was the that Okay. Alright. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, you know you but, know like when that
2: you that love seeing point someone point so you can take they their, their money. money. I hear you, but that's,
4: well, it. that's a, okay, okay, different bully, angle. like a bullying
2: kind of vibe. Yeah, you know I, mean? I hear that. Like I hear endorse bullying. Oh, it's, it's my
4: favorite guy. Then one, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Now I see why you don't put your face on the pod with comments like that, fam. You'll Honestly. be in all day. Um, Bayern Munich, yeah, well, Ajax, bye-bye. and West Ham. And the winner is with, with a with a majority here is is I think it goes without saying it's Bayern who who's yeah. probably the the one team who've absolutely battered us off the park this year. Um, going back to an earlier award, they kind of did show where the level is and and yeah, it weren't nice. Obviously we've got the second leg coming up. Um, open question to the to the group really is do we get anything out of that second leg considering we finished more recently or are a bit sharper? Um, and also, how 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 much of that gap do we have to bridge before we might have to face him again next year?
3: I feel like I feel like that game, yeah. Can I remember watching it back, and yeah, in the first half we had a bit of our moments. But I feel like if we were a, a little bit more clinical, we would have bit, We would have had a, um, a bit of a game of it in comparison to what what happened. I think Tammy started. Oh, did Tammy start that game? No, Tammy came on second half. Um Giroud, he wasn't really sharp at that point in time. I don't think he was really sharp, but he played a couple of games on the bounce. And obviously that was his first couple of games after um, being left in the cold. Obviously he, had, he scored against Tottenham, um, scored against Liverpool, but actually he played well against Liverpool. So yeah, I think it was one of them ones where it was an accumulation of games that probably came a bit too soon for him. Um mm-hmm. But now, I don't know. I feel like they've not played for a month. It's possible for we could probably win the game, but are we going to go through? Probably not. I think we probably left things a, a little bit too late with that third goal. Um, again, calamity of errors. Christiansen and Rudiger are really, really poor. And it's just, you know, it's kind of taken the tie away from, from us. So I don't feel like the gap is incredibly big. It's still a significant gap, but I don't think it's like massive, you know, to the point where I'm like, okay, we we need a complete overhaul of everyone in the team. I feel that in key areas we need to adjust and obviously the individual mistakes will be reduced when you add more quality. So yeah, that's it for me. Right.
0: Unless unless we come out, yeah, like, remember the Barcelona when it was like 3-0, quick team. 20 minutes, yeah. 20 minutes, like, like a mazar. Like, it's got to be crazy like that, I think. Like, it's got to be First two goals has to be us, and then from then on, you build on the momentum to try and get the third. But mm. then you're still with the quality that they've got. That the reason why it would just be so hard is because even when you're two 0 up, you probably bet that the third goal will probably come from from them. Do you get what I'm saying? So I feel like it's it's, it's I agree. I think it's a game that we could win, but again, I, I just, it's just too much of a ask like to to, to um. Bridge that gap, man. Three
1: is a lot, man. I think if you look at next season, if we get the players that we're being linked to in the positions that we're seemingly looking to buy, and then I'm not saying anything that we'd we'd sort of be closer to them, but I think actually we'd probably give them a fairly decent game. I think if you know Lampard and the, the coaching team, you know, have a season of, of development for them, hopefully that some of the ideas that I have start, some of the ideas that work not they're kinda of disregarded. Um but those, you know, we've we've already added two players potentially Havertz and maybe three kind of defensively left back, centre back, maybe a holding mid. Um, then I think we're going to Chelsea next season with a pretty decent starting eleven. I think we're still a little way off in terms of the quality of the squad. I think that's mostly because we've got a lot of young players. But I think in next season will be that the young players that played this season will be better. Um, yeah, I think we'll be closer. I just I think at the moment we're still a little bit off of the off of the top teams. I think probably I look more to the fact that we're 30 points off Liverpool in the league than, than buying. Um, so you close that gap to, to Liverpool. And I think the gap in Europe closes naturally.
4: Fair play. Fair play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, next week we'll talk on that, uh, that fixture a lot more and our place in Europe a lot more with, with that coming up. Um, next award is the one that Pulumi just said, no, nah, I'm not in because, you know, it immediately dies and that. <laughs> It's the Josh McEachran Award, which is awarded to a bit controversially the talented Academy player who is least likely to make a career at Chelsea. Um, and I know we're big fans of a lot of the players nominated here, so it's it's not even a, a cussing thing, but it's just I thought it'd be an interesting ones to discuss about where the roadblocks are because with these signings coming in, Havertz, Werner. Potentially a Rice, um, potentially a left-back. Hopefully, there isn't. Um, Yeah, you're looking at these sort of signings and you wonder how now, past transfer ban, which of these young players are starting to maybe hit a wall and and maybe have to go elsewhere. Nominees are Armando Roja, Pekayo Tamori and Tammy Abraham. Now. There is a winner here, but I'm interested in the discussion. So Broja, I get that. I think he is in a stat position, hasn't had as many as much involvement. I think that is probably percentage wise, probably most likely, but the Tammy inclusion is interesting to me. Anyone want to speak on why that might be him
0: taking this award home? I'll go, because...
1: Mead's oh, okay. trying to get in his bag in the, uh, in the top, I,
0: right? I, defi- I definitely had him down. And the reason why I'd have that down is because you look at the signing, obviously, that we've got this year. We've got Werner coming in. He's, he's not old. Do you know what I mean? He's 24. So, that already is worrying signs for Tammy. Straight off the bat. Then you've got the fact that the last three seasons, Tammy's been a starter. He hasn't been a bench boy. He's been a starter. Yeah, so I don't know how happy he's going to be being a bench boy. And then the f- third thing is this season, you've got a very, like, well, you've got old guard in terms of Giroud outperforming you. Now, I know Tammy can get better, but is he going to get better at Chelsea? You see what I'm saying? Mm. So, like, eventually, he's going to have to make the decision whether it's, if, if he wants it, like, we've all been ranting and raving about how Choney might need to go out on loan. Well, not all. So, like, Dan obviously made the... the, the um He obviously said, uh, you know, Cho would get regular minutes going out on loan and that would help his development. Why is that not the same for Tammy Abraham? You know what I'm saying? Because he needs, he needs regular minutes as well. He's not, he, not going to get regular minutes next season. Well, you know I,
4: guess, I guess it's what you define as regular, right?
0: Yeah, but for a striker, you need to be starting. Like, everybody was saying, bats needs to start, bats needs to start. It's going to be not, the same for Tammy not, Abraham. Not everybody, Jimmy. <laughs> But for, him to, for him to get form for him to get form people would say he needs to start I hear that I think track is maybe one exactly. most important for momentum exactly. I hear that so with I just feel like at his age now he can't risk being a bench boy especially coming off the back of his last three seasons he can't risk being a bench boy due, like, due to the fact that we've got someone like Werner in front of him and then on top of that he's just got so much to add to his game when you look at someone like Giroud who plays for us now and you look at the, the stark difference in when Giroud plays. Well, I, I don't want to get this into a whole Tammy debate. Nah, there is me. a
4: difference. You know I'm a Giroud fanboy.
3: Yeah.
4: But there's also a 12-year gap. And Giroud really grew into that role, even over his Arsenal time, Like, grew into that role where everything stuck, everything was on, everything was set perfect. I think is what is something I've discussed a little bit on, I think with you lot, don't know if I've said it on a pod previously, um, but just when you look at Tammy's sort of track and development, even in the academy, go watch his goals. Like he's maturated to brass, like he's bigger than everyone. So is he getting his learning about really using his body and yeah. setting and play? All of his goals are just running in behind and, and slotting it really. And then you get to men's football and even at, Bristol and Villa, like he wasn't as involved in build up play from what I saw. Obviously, what's a lot less of him there, just the games that were televised. And now I think he's being asked to do a job which he will facts be better at at 26 and 22. We've all gone through those ages and got stronger as the years have gone on, right? But I think it's an interesting point, is that that you've made there is it's a it's an interesting time. There's the contracting a little bit limbo. He's just come off a 15 non-penalty goal season. Only person to do that in the last nine years is Costa. So exactly. whichever way you look at it, he's been in consistent second half, one hundred percent. But whichever way you look at it, it's a good return for a twenty-two-year-old player. 100%. Um, and it's like, yeah, if you're him now and you're looking at your trajectory, it's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, and maybe need to maybe need to step down to flourish. Just moving on from Tammy quick uh, to just get the discussion in. The other one that. Uh, where worth a, whatever worth discussion is is for Fakayo Tamori and I can reveal that Fakayo Tamori has won this award with a majority.
2: What? I'm sad. I'm upset. With a
4: majority. I'm the Josh McEachern award goes to Fakayo Tamori. That's, That's very surprising.
2: surprising. I'm but not, yeah. I do I'm not serious. think
4: people are voting this on quality. No. 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 Now, no. Pels, Pels, as the academy aficionado, as the, you were Switzerland on this, you didn't want to say no names. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to say no names. Can you see why that might be the most likely in terms of probability?
2: Yeah, I, I can. Um, it's just saddening because I feel like for someone like him, he's probably so especially out of our defenders. Um, maybe from Zuma, who's played obviously a lot more regularly. He's probably been our top two, you know, best centre half this season um, and I can understand why you'd look at it in terms of you don't ever really see Fick being the, the kind of the centre half, you you expect him to be the partner um, and at present in terms of like his pecking order of where he would be in terms of that partnership, he's probably a lot lower down than, than I think he should be um, and it comes a little bit from what we're talking about in terms of he's probably just the easiest person to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of seniority, in terms of his his status within the, within the squad, and almost like off the back of he's that surprise inclusion in terms of no one probably expected him to do much, mm-hmm. um, do much of of what he's done um this season or even last season because his, his his loans at Hull and and Brighton didn't probably go to plan, um, so I think the last year was obviously like amazing for him and and this year would have been the same but. Just in terms of where he is in that pecking order, especially where we need to strengthen. Like I, I think, outside of the Havertz, outside of I mean, we need strength everywhere, but outside of the the kind of attacking um, reinforcements that we're, we're bringing in, the next the next stage of that is you know piling it on at, at the back. Um, and you just you you worry for someone like him. Um, I don't know if you know if Ampadu counts in the same way as an academy graduate, but equally I'd, I'd worry for someone like him him too because mm-hmm. I'm looking at. I'm potentially saying, you know, we need maybe one or two centre halves, um, and then it, you just kind of look at it and think, where is, where does, you know, Tomori fit into that equation?
4: Do you, I mean, you've kind of touched on it there in terms of like, and I think I speak for everyone on the pod, like I don't think there's anyone with any real strong opinion that like, yeah, he should have been dropped when he was and not seen again. Like I, I, I think I speak for everyone in finding one was a bit of a strange one considering his performance. Like he had a wobble. Um, but what fucking said about the we have that hasn't had a wobble? Like, it's exactly. not even, it's not like it, it's not like it. you had a wobble and Giroud came in and, and smashed it. So, Joe, just quick one. Do you think the loan is, how do I word it? Just, just looking at Brighton and Hull and then looking at Derby and Chelsea where he's had his good years under Lampard. Do you do you think this idea he's linked with another loan? Do you think that might just be a massive risk and a bit unfair, or do you think everyone's on board is best for development right now? Come back at twenty
1: three, twenty four. It's a tough one. Um, I, I mean, I, I can see the arguments for the loan, but it, it all depends on on how much. How, <clears throat> it all depends on how much he's going to play, and also the kind of team he's going to go to. Because I think again with him. Being quality when your team is in, you know, dominating the ball when you're in possession. You know, I think sometimes you can send him into sort of a, you know, like a Bournemouth-style team, and all he's doing all season is defending in his penalty box. It's not really the same kind of uh, stuff that he'd be doing at Chelsea. So I think the loan would be beneficial. I think that the, the second thing, when I, I mean, I did vote for for Tamora as well, and it's a little bit, I think, what what Pels was saying. It's more of a projection of where he mm-hmm. is at the moment in the packing order from Lampard's perspective rather than a reflection of his ability. But also, you know, you've got Mark Gerhie at Swansea, who I think personally, if there was going to be a centre-back from the Chelsea Academy that came in and actually could become one of those two, that you look at, I think he's he's got a little bit more in his locker, just from a pure technical defensive standpoint. Um, he's obviously matured sort of really well this season, came to Swansea, didn't really he placed like kind of first of all, but once he kind of found his feet, you know, it was a real, real big key part of them making that late surge into the playoffs. So... I think for me, it's a little bit, I think Tomori is, he's been unfairly treated. I mean, Rudiger jumping back into the team was one of the strangest decisions I think Lampard made all season. Um, and then the continually being picked, even though he has some really, really low moments, um, you know, and then obviously the injuries as well haven't really come at the right time for him. Um, I would have expected him to at least have had a look in post lockdown, but again, if you're coming back from that sort of injury period as well, that's also tricky. So... Maybe a loan is a good bet, but it has to be for me to a team that at least has aspirations of being, you know, kind of a bit more dominant on the ball. Mm -hmm. So he plays in a system that's a bit more akin to what he's going to get used to. So I think if if you play in like a team where all you're doing is defending, that's what you get used to. You don't get used to being on the ball, controlling the game having to kind of pick your moments to defend, defending small bursts of quality. You're on it all the time, and I don't think it always translates. No,
4: and I think there's a big trade-off there. If you want a team that's dominant, you usually have to go to a level below. And if you want to test him at the level, you're probably not going to be a team that's dominant. So, yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate win for Kyoto Tamori there. I think everyone here is quite high on him, and and I think he showed a lot this season. Yeah, Yeah, you do worry when you look at the links with Rice and this whisper that he's seen as a centre-back. Where he's a very, very good player. And they might just sort of see him as, oh, you can put him on ice for another year or two. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough one there. But I think hopefully, well, hopefully they say we're wrong because I think we'd all like to see him in the club for quite a while. Uh, next award, um, Biggest Robbery. And this is the award given to our performance, which was CAC in a game where we somehow managed to get sign out of it. And the nominees are, this is a pretty landslide win, I can't even lie, but the nominees are Valencia away in the Champions League, Bournemouth away, Arsenal away, not great away, Um and... Ajax 4-4 at home where we needed a ref to get down to nine for us to look like doing anything. And unsurprisingly, as fun as the game was, before they went down to nine, we got popped like a balloon. And that, that win goes to Ajax. But well done us getting the 4-4, got us out of the group. Happy days. Biggest robbery of the year. Well done, Reese James, for, for getting us that equaliser. Lucky, lucky Lampard strikes again. Next award is the one to watch for next season. Um, again, like it's cool to see because I think people people have taken this their other way, different ways. Some are just excited about a player. Um, some have gone a bit younger. I'm gonna disqualify Dan's vote because, in typical Dan fashion, his one to watch next season award was Mason Mount because he's gonna play anyway, so we'll be forced to watch him. Um, Such a Dan shout. Yeah, not quite what I was going for, Dan. I wanted to get a bit happy after the, the Josh McEachern Award, but that's all right. Um, nominees are Hakim Ziyech, Reese James, and Joe Tweez gave me three because he writes a lot, so I'm going to go with his first one, Connor Gallagher. Winner, with three votes out of six, Hakim Ziyech. So we haven't gone young with that. Jermaine, I know you you sort of did the deep dive with me on, on, uh, on ZX. How excited are you for him? What role do you think he can play?
0: Proper, man. I, I think in terms of, obviously, creativity, he is going to add that. I think, there's obviously, there's a lot of talk around Havertz coming in and, and obviously, he's going, to, he's going to add a lot of creativity as well. But we've looked a lot at, like, his ability to score goals more so with Havertz. And I think, with Ziek. I don't know what it is as well with Ziek, but you just feel like he's just going to add sauce to the team, is it? Like, when he comes. That's, every time I watch like clips of him and that, I just feel like we're finally going to be a threat again on that right-hand side, because I've been watching William for way too long, getting the ball, stopping, shimmying, doing nothing. Like, it's just too so long, innit? it? So I feel like with Ziek, he comes in. I'm looking forward to see that trademark cross that he does. Back post and hopefully you know, hopefully Cho, Cho yeah can be playing left wing, getting a few goals next season. But Pulisic as well, all them guys. I think they're gonna love playing with him. But I think um, yeah, ZX just I think he's just a crazy player. I think people are like getting excited about Havertz and Werner and that because they're they're also the big money signings as well. And it's ZX was a little bit cheaper, but I think I think ZX by I don't even think it's going to be close. I think he's going to be like our most skillful player. Like when he comes, I bat. think.
4: I think uh, uh, the Havertz one, obviously, is not confirmed. Whatever. I've always said that was like the biggest signing since Havertz in terms of tar- uh, since Hazard in terms of targeting like a Premier Premier player. Mm. But I think is just going to be the most exciting player since Hazard. I don't really think that's. I think he's 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 a joke. Like he's so fun to watch. Meads, I got one just because I know you went again and just done a little bit of a deep dive there in terms of. Him coming from the Dutch League, obviously that's a so week of competition, everything, every division is not quite, or doesn't always translate, but the revered nature he is held in by Ajax as a club, as a fan base, um, player of the year three times in a row. What, what does that tell you? Obviously, yeah, we know sort of him as a player, but what does that tell you about his significance, about why he'd be the man we could really look to next season to make a massive difference?
2: Um-
3: well, I feel like the rationale that are because he plays in the Eredivisie, it's not, he can't be a quality player or a top player. But ultimately, you kind of you test his capabilities and what he does against probably the better teams. So against Real Madrid's, against the Juventus's, against the Chelsea's, etc. Um, and Ziyech, more often than not, performs, has performed in all of his games, even against Tottenham as well. He's performed. So the quality, the, for me, the quality. I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about the quality because I, I've seen him in high level games and I've seen how he performs in high level games, and that's what makes me feel like. Again, if we're getting so we're getting ZH, obviously we've got Vernon now. Um, the links are with Havertz. Have so, I've always been a big fan of having a spread of quality because you're not going to over like overload someone, especially a new sign in, There's a lot of pressure on you. Um, to, to produce so when you're sharing the load generally i think you tend to be a little bit more free but mm-hmm. i also feel like the the, the nature of a of, of zh is to take responsibility you know what i mean so he is a he's a, i think there's a i don't want to say a creative leader but when it comes to creating chances and taking responsibility and taking you know being the risky player because he, he takes risks that's a that's a big part of his of the way he plays he takes risks and he always tries to inject a bit of quality into a game. So I feel like, yes, Werner may get the goals. Yes, Havertz might add a bit of class if he comes. But I feel like uh, an ever-presence of quality, I feel like Ziyech will bring it. And he may not even give you like the goals and assists straight away, but in terms of the hard work and hard graft, about his, just generally his temperament and the way he plays the game, I think he'll bring a lot to our team, a lot. And mm. I really am hoping that, I don't want to say I'm hoping I hope William goes, but I feel like it'll be a completely breath of fresh air because we haven't mm. had that level of or oh, oh, Hazard, of, of course. But in terms of creativity, well, I get what you mean. It, it's, yeah, different. I mean it's different. It's different. It's different. The type of Maverick. I think Hazard was very um, carefree in the way he played, approached the game. He was again top quality, world class. But I think Zh in terms of creativity will add something completely new. And I, that's what that's the thing I'm really looking forward to, more than anything, to be honest. Cool.
4: So, yeah, big winner there, one to watch. Um, Gallagher, just a quick one, because it was a bit more of a rogue shot. Um, Rhys James, you just hope he kicks on with, with what he does based off of this year. But, uh, Joe, just having looked at Gallagher, a little quick word on, on where you think he could be next year. Maybe a stretch to be involved with us, or do you think there's a rock?
1: I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'd like to see him involved in pre-season uh, with with the first team just sort of make a decision from there. I think he's hinted potentially Swansea again for him as another move. I know um, certainly for a few channels that are quite a few Premier League teams are looking at him as a, a lone player for next season. But i just think in this whole like, modern midfield trend of guys with engines who have got technique. You know, he puts a foot in, he gets up and down, he scores goals, he grabs assists. A lot of people doubted Mason Mount before the season on a very, very similar thing. I think personally, watching both of them, I think Gallagher probably is a little bit more impressive in the Championship. I think in terms of what he's done, his overall body of work, particularly at Cholton, when they really needed him and they weren't a particularly good team. So I look at that and I look at what Mount's done. Um, I've always been a pretty big fan of Gallagher. So looking at that, you know, if you've got Mount who could do a similar thing, um, Gallagher certainly can play in those midfield areas, can play as a 10, can play wide, can play as a, as a 6. I've, been, I've even seen him play. So... Be interesting, I'd like to him get a look in pre season, but probably for me, Premier League alone would be, a, would be a good move for him next year. You mean as the
4: Gallagher, uh, sorry, the Gilmore injury, Jorginho, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Kante not looking like he's going to last the whole season, so I mean, it would be an interesting one for sure, but there might be more of a little slot in the deep midfield role that he filled yep. at Charlton as opposed to Swansea as the 10. Um, so he's an interesting one and, he, and he's looked really really good this year so it's a fair play a guy in two clubs as well in the same season is tough it's really tough to keep the level of performance high at both so shout out to him um, coming to the end now the Antonio Rudiger award no it's not for fucking about with it in the box it's <laughs> the consistent hustle award the Antonio Rudiger consistent hustle award given to Basically, the player that that grafts. Now, again, like I said, I I put this out with intentional ambiguity. So, shout out one of these nominees' meads, giving it to William, which I thought, yeah, fair play. You know, William does his bit of work, gets back, does a lot of pressures. No, it was the hustle award to William because he's managed to hustle people into thinking that he's good because of penalties. It's true. (laughs) Listen. We take these awards,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: we take these awards, and we make what we want of them. In terms of the true Antonio Rudiger tradition, uh, nominees are Cesar Alves Mateo Kovacic, and Kurt Happy Zuma, and I can reveal that and Mason Mount.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Shout out Mason, who seems to knacker himself about every six weeks. So maybe less hustle next, Mason. Um, Winner is Captain consistency. Cesar as nah. Strong. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on Cesar now as opposed to in the next award. Um has he surprised anyone as much as he has me this year? I think so. Yep, yep. yeah.
0: I think it's just
4: the man's made a face. What? Wow. Yeah. I don't
0: just... I don't get the surprise
4: though. I I'll be real, and this is me like just putting my hands up. If you ask me. 14 months ago, maybe. I thought he was done. I thought he was coming to the point where he was squad rotation, put him in for a big game, good leader, but 38 games a year, I thought I'm done with that. Uh, not showing enough in the final third, getting burned a little bit where sorry had him a bit too involved in stuff. Um, not done to the point where he needs to go, but definitely a lesser role. Um, and now this year, I think he's probably he's almost been my best player of the restart to be honest. Obviously away from Giroud um and Pulisic. And I think just across the season he's been our most consistent defender by a mile. Not saying much obviously, but he's been he's been really solid. So that's where I say it's a surprise to me. Um
3: I mean he had a shaky first couple of months. I'd probably say like the first two months he, he looked a bit shaky. Um yeah. and obviously Reese James was um
2: Still using a manual razor? Join the facial hair revolution with the Philips One Blade. This innovative tool lets you trim, edge, and shave your beard or stubble with ease. One blade, your style. Made simple. Available at Walmart.
3: He's like, on the cusp of coming back. And I mm-hmm. think that's when he really bucked his ideas. I feel like Reese James came back, put in a good performance. He was in the FA Cup. He got an assist and a goal. And then we um, returned for the, the Premier League game. And to be fair to him, he looked quite solid. So I feel like that kind of game may kick up the arse. But I, feel like I, think
4: there was, I think there was a quote from Lampard I mean, that we zoned in on after a game where he wasn't great. And uh, Lampard made a big point to say, Reese James is going to be a massive player. And it was a bit like,
3: okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, yeah, I, I remember that actually. SP had a, a real stinker. And Lamps was like, yeah, okay, yeah, we've got James coming back. And ev- every one of us thought, okay, you know what? This is it, Aspie's done. Because, yeah, Aspie for those two months was, was terrible. Um, but, yeah, since then, to be honest, he has, he's looked relatively solid. Whether it's left back, right back, um, right centre back, he's looked pretty solid. Um, so, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, though, but he turned it around. Let's just say after the mm. first two months, he turned it around. Um, I wouldn't say surprise.
0: That's, that's, that's where I stand with it as well in terms of the surprising because with Aspie if you've watched him which we all have for the last few years like ever since even like Mourinho put him left back he's just been Mr. Versatile he's been Mr. Reliable in terms of minutes and, and games played and when it comes to defending he's he's been classed you know what I mean so in terms of watching him defend and, and how well he's defended like that's where I stand in terms of, like, it's not a surprise. What I will say, what I will say, though, is that losing the yard of pace, because I think he has lost the yard of pace. Mm. He wasn't crazy quick to begin I think
4: I, I think I said on a pod once that he was 29 going on 35 at one yeah. point. Like he was yeah.
0: Looking... yeah, I think that's, like, like me said, those first couple of months, it looked like he was just going to get ripped by any player with a, with a little bit of pace. And... He, he managed to turn that around, so fair play to him. But again, I expect that from my fucking captain. Otherwise, you better dash that band away, bro. Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So, he's a I captain for a reason, man. Like, I hear that. I'm
4: gonna I'm gonna just final hit on that. Uh, Pels, as someone who, who I get the feeling hates any footballer that isn't aesthetically picture perfect with their tech, um, <laughs> um Charleston. Shout, Richarlison! Yeah, that's a bad take.
2: I'm shut him out on here, man. Um, <laughs> listen, listen,
4: listen! Not everything has to look like FIFA, but all right. Where do you stand on Asby? Because he 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 does struggle in the final third with being very expansive, and he's had to work on that. And I think he has improved. But where do you stand on him, just in terms of how you see plays I
2: think he's, I think he's dependable. Um, and I even like go back and just think about the signing, like. Seven million quid. Look at his shirt number. Like no one expected him to even be like anything relevant or anyone. He's got
4: he's got the shirt number that when when they play in the FA Cup, the reporters go, "Oh, the squad adds up to 162." Yeah,
2: yeah. Yes. I hear that. And like with that, I just think no one. I didn't know who he was when he came. He just kind of seemed like a a, a just a, a normal like Chelsea signing. Like we need to fill the squad. We're just gonna you know buy someone from here. Um I thought it was weird that he was Spanish young and playing in Marseille. Yeah, yeah bizarre. It's just, it was there's so much weird stuff. It was and, weird. and and to be quite honest with you, I've never ever had a problem with him in, like because he's always been so reliable. And I think the moment that um I did start to have like a few reservations was when it like you said, it did kind of start to look as though maybe he wasn't gonna be as good at the things that, you know, he made his name mm-hmm. for. Um and because he doesn't give you you know the like expansive modern day um, wing back play. It was kind of like, well, we need to get rid because obviously, you know, um, can't you're not crossing well, but you know, you're also not defending well. It's a little bit worrying. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the even like Sheffield United game is the game that I kind of remember where I think the two goals came down from that side. Mm-hmm. The, the like late the cross, the late cross came from his side, and just kind of thought, mm, like maybe we were right about him. But I think the fact that he's been able to. Kind of buck his ideas up. I I love the right centre back resurgence as well. Um, so he offers yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and there was e- initially there was a point where he wasn't playing in the right centre back role. He was playing as right mm-hmm. wing back. Um, and and just generally speaking, I think across the season he's he's probably been our most consistent player in, in a fairly you know inconsistent side outside of maybe someone like Kovacic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm happy with him. I'm happy that he's here. Um, I think even the the kind of model pro thing is a big plus for me. Um, oh, huge, yeah. Um, and I and I think that a lot of the uh, kind of players, even though he's not a massive name, will definitely like look up to him and and, and you know respect him as as a as a good captain. So I'm happy. That, I'm I'm proper happy like with his contribution over the course of the season, even if there are a few kind of like moments where I'm like get us off the pitch because he can't cross or, or pass. But, but yeah, you know, but um, it's all right. Uh,
4: Last award of the night, I'm going to have to say goodbye to my my beautiful evening behind me, my my little avi there. Renaissance man of the year. So this is given to the player
3: who has
4: had the biggest rebirth, if we're going by the direct translation, or the biggest change of opinion. And the nominees are Christian Puzic, Cesaro Spilicueta, again. And Big Ollie, World Cup winner, nah, the,
2: That's the, big nah, nah. the nah,
4: winner nah, nah. of the Renaissance Man Award.
2: Nah, 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 nah. Sorry,
4: thank you, Arsenal Giroud. Olivia, yeah. thank you, Arsenal Giroud. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that speaks for itself in terms of frozen out August to December going to go in January, almost dead sir didn't get a replacement, so he was told he had to stay. And then it's just been a complete turnaround, that complete 180. I think even in the January pods, we were kind of here saying he's been a really good servant, he hasn't had any minutes, fair play to him, he wants to play, he's a good player, off he goes. And then fast forward July, and he's like... The, the person I'm looking to for this FA Cup final is the person who's potentially going to win it for us. So, just, just a word on the Giroud turnaround.
3: You know what's funny, Yes. Like, during preseason, I think Giroud barely played. I think he didn't play at all, actually. I think
4: he had about 30 minutes, because I remember being fuming, because when Palumi laughed at me, which I haven't forgotten, but when I wanted, I thought he's best striker, hands down, and I didn't understand why he didn't play. Yeah,
3: so he barely played preseason. Um, so we will all have cast another saying no. Oh, probably be Tammy, probably be Mitchie, probably be Tammy, probably Mitchie. And I think I'm going to give you your flowers here. You said quite candidly, look, if that happens, by the end of the season, Giroud will be our main striker. You said it verbatim. By the end of the season... I don't remember
4: I'm taking it straight you up.
3: Said, I'm taking it. You literally said, by the end of the season, Giroud will be our main striker. And that's because you thought it was the best. Ultimately, the other guys—you think they would have—they would flatter to deceive, and or will yeah, they'll run the course. But I remember you said, quite frankly, by the end of the season, Drew be our main striker. You I know did. What? I, I that,
4: that probably should have been my biggest flex award in hindsight. Really, isn't it? <laughs> like, my
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I could. Uh, I had. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought, okay, he's already set at a stool. I thought Lampard's already sat at a stool. This was yeah. going to happen. I mean, he did,
4: to be fair. It seemed like, Pedro liked a few games, but was out quite quick. Luis Giroud, good friends as well. The senior player looked like it was just like, bounce, I'm going to do the young team.
3: Yeah, so it kind of, the preseason pretty much played out exactly how kind of assumed it will be. So, Tammy will get the nod. Mitchie will probably get an odd chance here and there to make an impression. Giroud cast off. Um, it was crazy so yeah it's a big testament to how he's turned things around because even during the moments where it looked like he was going to leave he barely complained I don't remember him even talking to the press about leaving Um, Mm. yeah he barely mentioned anything and when he did speak about the press he said it's the managed decision I'm just going to have to respect it I won't complain I was knuckled down and trained Um, so yeah model professional Um, we talk about the lack of leaders at our club and I think Um, over the last 12 months, it's pretty clear and evident that he is definitely one of the leaders. One hundred percent, yeah. One of the people that the young players look up to, not because of what he's won, but just more about the way he carries himself and the way he carries himself as a professional. Um, And especially given that period, I think everyone at the club knew that he wanted to leave and play. Frank even admits it, of course. Um, So young players could look at that, even like the, the Callums, the Tammies, will look at that situation and think, okay, you know what? Right, that's the way to do it. That's the way to move. That's how I do yeah. it. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's a big influence. Um, and, yeah, he speaks about trying to influence the younger players and, you know, being a, a, a role model for them. So I feel like he's taken on that responsibility very, very well. Considering he came from Arsenal, who are a, a, a bag of ponies that don't really take responsibility for anything. He's got really a
4: leadership academy over there in, in, a, in uh, North London
3: it's impressed me that he's elevated himself to this kind of status as well. And it, it, I think, I think it's, it comes with the territory of playing for Chelsea. I think he recognised that, you know what, this is Chelsea, it's another level, really. And he kind of, he's taken himself to that point as well. So I have to give him his juice a million percent. It's a funny one as well. He's
4: really joined, like, he do feel like he's joined the Ashley Cole Club. Yeah. Like, and even Sesk in a way, of just loving it here and loving what the club is about and loving being part of it.
3: Straight away as well. Straight away.
0: I think I think what makes it more sick with Giroud though is as well that he went through something similar last season as well where Higuain and all of them guys came in and everybody mm-hmm. thought they were going to be the guy. While me, meanwhile, my man was finishing top scorer in the Europa, banging in banging banging a goal in the final. So he's not just been our important like he's not just been probably our best striker this season. He's been our best striker from last season. But
4: Again, like I hadn't even considered the professionalism of that as well. Yeah, like, the guy just was playing.
0: He's taken like the attitude, even from like, last season, come on now, uh, this season, carried on working. Like me said, he's, like, January's come. He's thinking about leaving. But then to, to go one step further, has he even had a goal-scoring record like this, Like in terms of games, games and goals and that? No, never. Like, never. He's he's always, Benzema, that's
4: always been a criticism of him. Is that he's great at all this other stuff. Exactly, but...
0: Because Benzema said not so long ago, like you can't be comparing me and, and, and that guy. You can't be comparing him to me. But now look, my man's banging the goals, bro. No, one, them, one, of them no look. Look. one of them don't got to win the no World
4: Cup and the other one didn't. No, but, no,
0: but if a man chat shit about you and you come out and you and this is what you do in football, a man chat shit about you, you come out and you do the talking on the pitch, bro, and he's doing it. You know what mm. I'm saying? That's just facts. Like I'm not saying he's better than be, better than um, Benzema. No, man. but 100. Yeah, but I'm yeah, just yeah. saying if a man talks shit about you, the way to the way to dash shit back in a man's face is not to go back on the camera and talk shit. It's to just go and do your thing. be the main guy for us, get us into the top four, go one step further, win the FA Cup for us, and then bounce home, isn't it? Do your team. Well, come yeah, come. I'm sure
2: Benzema's quaking. I feel like with um, <laughs> with Giroud, like he's someone for me that I've certainly underappreciated. Um, Not probably not like particularly rated uh, for like large portions of his career, partly because of like my disdain and like dislike for Arsenal. Um, and just like his time there, I don't, I just don't think it was like covered in much glory. Um, and and I guess like with him coming, I was never really that like excited or like I just. I I know people get excited about like taking players off Arsenal. Arsenal look smaller than us, but I was just never really like excited for it. I didn't see then how like he could be our guy, and like how wrong I was because I feel like we look a completely like just a much worse team without him. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I think that's credit to him and credit to like the skills that he brings. But like Jermaine says, like the his the goals he scored, um especially of late, like the Wolves one. I don't think people recognise how mad Man, that tough, that was a tough crazy goal. Goal. Tough goal. That is like a top, top like tr- striker goal. And obviously not the quickest. He's got all of like, these things that you wish he didn't have. And I've, the guy is um has is and has like proved is proving everybody wrong. Um and he's he like I'm so thankful to him. The thing I think, I don't
4: like, like, I, I'm aware of the words I'm using now and I don't want them to be misconstrued. I'm not comparing him as a player to this person and I'm not pretending his ability is above the station of what I rate it at all. But I think he's become a talisman in the way Hazard was, bear with, in that when games are tough, if you just get the ball in his general direction, you can take a breather and you can be rest assured that that is a player who's going to look after the ball, probably make something happen, even if it's just a set or a flick or something. But it's just when you have a player like that on whatever area of the pitch, in this case, up top, far away from your own goal, just, whereas well, Hazard's case, down the wing to get on a 1v1. I can't express how reassuring that must be to just be like, you know what, I'm in trouble here. We've got Oli there who's going to win 68 70% of duels against them. Like, Maguire, for all... I think Maguire's a clown on the floor, but he's amazing in the air. And Giroud make him look like a boy in the FA Cup oh semi-final. God. Like, it's not... It wasn't even close. And I think, especially for a team as young as ours, as new as ours, with a manager who probably hasn't quite worked out all the mechanics of how he wants to get out of spaces, to have a guy there who will just be like, yeah, I'll take it, don't watch that, is, is huge. Um, so that listen, that rounds the awards up. We'll put a little rundown of the winners on, on the Twitter tomorrow. Obviously, it, it's, it's, it's probably an elephant in the room that there's a big occasion coming up on Saturday and we haven't touched on that so much. FA Cup final this Saturday against Arsenal, the Leadership Academy. Um, myself and Jermaine did a, last night, uh, proper deep dive on the final, went over a, a heap of stuff. It is on the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Hour. Make sure you jump on there, um, support, pick a tier, support everything we do. Have a little listen to that pod in particular. Uh, there's also a written analysis leading up to that final and a preview of key battles, key little tactical things that we can look out for an opposition report. Jump on the Patreon for all of that more heavy FA Cup final content in the meantime, quick little run through. Everyone on the pod, thoughts for Saturday.
3: Can I just have a, qu- a quick um, little, just to go back to Giroud a little bit. A um, c- couple of funny things. Um, I could tell you now that people talk about Giroud as, you know, a, g- a good impact player. He didn't score...
4: Me he, has been on FB Ref, I'm telling you. I can see it in his eyes.
3: Uh, you know, Giroud didn't so- score a single goal coming off the bench um, for us. Um, he was more effective when starting we started twelve games, scored in eight of them. So you never got a brace. Every 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 time he scored a goal, was a single goal, um, and generally they were quite decisive. So I feel like Lampard should really take some. I, I think maybe for the future he needs to start learning his players a little bit more um, and trusting in certain players a little bit more because there was a, a, a big stretch of time where he just weren't in the squad at all. I think the whole de- yeah the whole December January he weren't in squads. So it's just all a bit. It's a bit mad. If you look at the just just considering the amount of starts and goals he's played, uh, scored, it's it's actually crazy. It's actually crazy. So, starts to goals, he's been incredible, absolutely incredible. Um So yeah, big up Oli G, man. Big up Oli G. What sort of impact do you think he's gonna have Saturday mid? I think against Arsenal, I feel like he will get he will get an extra little boost. You know what I mean? Because he scored against them in the Europa League final. He played very, very well against them in the Europa League final. Um, and if there's one striker that I feel like can occupy a defence, um, and especially, you know, David Luiz loves it in the big games, I feel like Giroud could kind of give him a bad day. I mean, I, I feel like he'll be able to occupy a defence and bring others into it. Um, it'll be interesting to really see who he's flanked with, but I, I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Obviously, Pulisic will start. Um, Today's episode is brought to
0: you by Clorox. When it counts, trust Clorox the same way we trust essential workers to provide the care they give to us. Families trust Clorox to give them a safe and protected home.
4: Our community heroes trust Clorox to keep places like hospitals and grocery stores disinfected. So I know I too can trust Clorox to provide my home with a safe environment at home we can all enjoy. So I have a story for you, Amanda. Um, With Clorox, there's one thing I definitely use it for Every single time before I step into my vanity van, uh, I'd love the
3: entire place disinfected because that's where I keep my makeup. uh, That's where I get ready. That's where my clothes are. That's sometimes where I take a nap as well. So, you know, I can use it all over like time of need. So um, yeah, it's been really, really, it just keeps everything super clean and I, I feel super safe. For me, it's important to share with loved ones and the public in general, how they can give the most care for their loved ones especially during times like these, I mean, with the pandemic going on, with COVID going on, it's just great to be extra sanitary with all the items that are around you, caring for others, and, you know, just wiping down the door handle after you use the bathroom or wiping down so the door. So important. The toilet, so important. The toilet handle. Don't forget oh. the toilet handle. <laughs> so
0: remember, when, when it counts, counts trust, trust Clorox. Clorox.
3: Well, I don't know, obviously. But I thought Mason Mount will probably start, especially after his hero- heroics at the weekend. Um, with a fantastic free kick and an assist for Giroud. So I think it'll probably be Mount and Pulisic again. Um, but yeah, I thought Giroud... I- I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a goal. Because he does love it in a, in a cup finals as well. Or at yeah, Wembley. He likes it at Wembley. so His
4: record in the FA Cup final is strong. Yeah. Um, this will be his... I think last year with us was his fourth FA Cup, no?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he loves the competition. He loves it. So, we'll see, man. I, I, I'll be very surprised if, if he doesn't perform well, considering the run he's been on. Considering he's also got a week's rest as well for the first time in a long time. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed, man, we get the job done because that will just be a super impressive season for Frank Lampard. Super impressive. Pallumi,
4: how, how do you see that game shaping up? Because you and me have a little disagreement on Arsenal. I think you think they're a slightly better side than I do. Um, I was on the on the pod, on the Patreon, I was very clear to Jermaine that I hated watching pretty much every minute of them uh, in in the research for it. I don't think they're a good side. I think they're a dangerous side. I don't think they're a particularly... And a tough side. I don't think they're a particularly good side. Um, how do you how do you see it shaping up Saturday?
2: Yeah, no, I, we're not too dissimilar in that, in that kind of... Or on that, rather, but I think um, the one thing that I've noticed, or I, I feel like, is, might be just a bit of a, a headache for lamps is just where we press them is my thing. Um, I don't think they're as awful in possession, or um, but no, I think they're awful at creating chances, in like in terms of build-up play. But just in terms of you know the, the situations they can get themselves out of, or or he's rehearsed in terms of that kind of exit strategy, that play from the goalkeeper and whatnot. Um, I do think that that's going to be something that, you know, as a tactic or as an instruction, deciding where we press them and where what space we afford them is really important. Um, you don't want too much time and space, for, time and space for like people like David Luiz, um, because those balls like into the channels, you know, can be a bit problematic with with the kind of speed that they have up top. But then equally, um, you know, you don't you don't want to allow them to kind of you know build play and, and get and get through. So it's so, um, I just I just said the same thing. But basically, I'm 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 kind of of the feeling I mean,
4: that yeah, it's a bit of a Benitez's blanket. Uh,
3: yeah, you don't, wanna,
4: you don't really know what end to leave. You don't want to allow them all the time, but literally, yeah.
2: So yeah, so that's where I'm with it. But obviously, I do think we're better. Um, and the the only other thing that I I've, I'm fearful of is that if they do completely concede possession as they have done so often, um. You know, we we saw cities really struggle to break them down in, in the semi, and I just don't we don't have the same quality, we don't have the same sort of kind of attacking structure and and rehearsed movements as they do. So when it gets to like you know us camping or them camping in, in their box sort of thing, I'm not really backing us to score mm. unless you know we win a penalty, like like we did against like Burnley, and then they go for the game, and then we it opens up basically. So um that would probably be the one thing I'm, I'm fearful of in terms of our inability to kind of penetrate.
4: And last last word on the final, Joe. Um, I think Palumi sort of touched on something I mentioned with Jermaine on our pod last night, is that, and I didn't mean it as a cuss, even though it kind of sounds like it, but Arsenal at the moment to me play like a lower league team. Um, not lower league, sorry. Uh, like a lower placed, a mid-table yeah. fighting, scrapping team, which I think is a good thing for Arteta to have done in there. I think it's good. Um, Just like start from the back and all that from the foundation. But I think we're worse against those sides. I think we've played, acquitted ourselves really well against Tottenham, Liverpool, um, uh, United. I think we've actually outplayed United for for a lot of time. Played well against City twice. Great against Wolves. I think it's the teams like how Arsenal are playing now that we really struggle against. So I think Pallumi's made a great point about if City struggle to break them down and they play a flat 5-4-1 camp on their box at times, like they're not ashamed to do that. Do you see a final where we could quite easily lose it or would you back us to break that down?
1: I think the, the interesting thing for me is, is if you cast your minds back to the Europa League final, I think Arsenal going that game perceived themselves to be favourites. They were very confident. I remember their fans. I remember watching them train um, I think that the spirit of the team at the time that they were walking into, into that game favourites, and whenever they have that mentality, and this is going back years and years and years now to, to you know early two thousands Arsenal, when they're overconfident, I always think we're going to slap them. Like it doesn't matter who we've got playing, whatever. When they come into games like that, the problem we've got now is I think they are positioning themselves, as you say, as an underdog, and they're seeing themselves as an underdog, and they'll be quite comfortable playing, sitting, you know, flat back five, camps on the uh, camps on the edge of the penalty area, deep deep midfield block deep striker, working hard, etc. Um, and we have not looked remotely great against any of these sorts of teams this season. Even the, the Wolves game at the weekend where I felt we played well, you know, it took a real moment of quality for, for Mason Mount to open that game up. And it could be that, that tight again. I think it's it's one of them where it's going to be a little bit like United where first goal really kind of dictates the the sort of second half of the match. So I think the fact Arsenal would perceive themselves to be underdogs, the fact that they have... Had lots of success playing this back three against Liverpool. They played it obviously in the in the semi against City as well. I think they'll come in. and I think they'll 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 fancy themselves to match up and and spoil the game. And they they you know they do unfortunately have the quality to to hit us on the counter. Which if there's one area of weakness with with the Chelsea team in this yeah. system, mm-hmm. is trying to defend those quick transitions. And with Aubameyang and Lacazette and Saka and whoever is going to be on the counter, that that that's the one little red flag that I have for them. But I think, I think, you know, reading your, your article and, and listening to the pod, I think we're the better team. It's just a question of of how Arsenal are set up. If, they, if they're there to spoil, it's going to be quite a long day. But, you know, if we get an early goal, it changes the whole tone of the game. It's going to be that first goal is crucial. Yeah, I think a really
4: interesting game. Big game for both the managers. Their first real final, um, at top top level to win a cup. So I think it'll be really interesting. I think a lot will depend on, on how they decide to go for it and, yeah. and who's braver, really. Um, listen, that's what we've got time for this week. Uh, obviously, those listening, FA Cup final is this Saturday, Chelsea versus Arsenal at Wembley. Uh, we will, as we have been consistently since the restart, be there with you guys on Discord. Keep your eye on the Chelsea our Twitter for how exactly that's going to look, um, for any announcements about how we're going to be covering the Discord live on the game. If you are not part of our Discord community yet... Make sure you jump onto that. There is plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunity to do so on the account. Keep an eye out for Chessie Hour on Discord. Also, last little call, if you do want to deep dive into article and podcast specifically for this FA Cup final, jump on the Patreon. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Chessie Hour. Boys, been a pleasure as always. Uh, Jermaine, well done, mate. Thanks for the big acceptance yeah. speech. <laughs> well deserved. Yeah. Uh, and I'll and I'll see you hopefully 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 next week with an FA Cup to talk about. Well,
1: Cheers, back. guys. Cheers, boys. Pleasure.